even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Verse number three. He's bearing his soul. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me? And there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Verse number 5, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously. This is the Lord answering him. For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. He's telling Habakkuk, listen, I'm up to something. This is very paraphrased. I'm up to something, but if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. A summary of this book. The book of Habakkuk begins with Habakkuk, as we just read, crying out to God for an answer to why God's chosen people are allowed to suffer in their captivity. Continuing, the book of Habakkuk affirms that God is sovereign and omnipotent and He has all things under control. With everything that's going on, the pipeline in the North Sea, the hurricane down in Florida, the immigrants pouring, the illegal immigrants pouring across the border and the crime wave, we just need to be still and know He is at work. He is who He says He is and does keep His promises. He will punish the wicked. Even when we cannot see evidence of His dominion, God is still on the throne of the universe. In the day and age in which we live, it is very likely that most people in this room have asked the Lord why. Whether it pertains to personal issues that grieve you or the nation of our country which also can grieve you. If you're going through personal problems with family or other people, you're, or you see the, the problems going on in our country, you're, you're more likely to have asked why than not. Habakkuk did. He starts off, why? Why? And if you'll notice, and this is interesting, and this is telling, and this is helpful to you tonight, God did not scold him. God did not scold him at all. So this book, as we study through it, is going to give you some insights into what is going on with God as we are living through this chaos, if you want to call it that. This book is going to give you some insights, and God is going to touch your heart with this to calm your soul and calm your spirit. Because Habakkuk is saying, Lord, you're not listening. 
And Lord, you're not doing anything. And that can cause a wrong spirit in us. So the Lord said, I'm going to record this with Habakkuk. And I'm going to preserve it against all enemies so that thousands of years later in Mayo, Michigan, anybody that's going through some tough times or is frustrated with the world around them, this can, this can educate them, this can enlighten them, and this can encourage them. <clears throat> in this particular case, Habakkuk isn't concerned about personal problems with family or, you know, finances. Habakkuk was burdened for Judah. It talks about that burden. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. And a couple quotes that gives us some insight into this. Peel back and get underneath the, the surface. This writer says, the servants of the Lord are deeply afflicted by seeing ungodliness and violence prevail, especially among those who profess the truth. The servants of the Lord are deeply afflicted. One writer called this, and I, I'd never really thought about it this way before, and you probably haven't either, so this will help you. Listen up. The burden of enlightenment. When you get saved, you're no longer working in walking in darkness. Your eyes are open. And you see things that perhaps before wouldn't have even bothered you. That's kind of a paradox. On the one hand, it's a blessing, it's wonderful to be saved, but now that your eyes are open, now you're burdened for things. I mean, because Habakkuk knew the Lord, he is burdened. It says, the light of divine favor bestowed upon Habakkuk, the light of divine favor bestowed upon Habakkuk was the source of much perplexity of mind and distress of soul to him. In other words, he was blessed to be a prophet on the one hand, and on the other hand, he's seeing stuff that just grieves him. And God is handling it in a way that he doesn't understand, and that frustrates him. That's not just true of prophets, that's true of you and me. We, we have been saved and we, we have been enlightened and with that enlightenment comes a burden. The writer says this paradox is common in Christian experience. The prophet's mission of mercy was a burden to himself. He comes to be a blessing. He gets saved. He, wants, he has compassion. He has love for people. But because his eyes are open and he's not walking in darkness, he sees the sin all around him. He knows, his, he knows the cause of the sin all, all around him. And it bothers him. I think a lot of what's going on in the world today doesn't bother a lot of lost people. That's the paradox or the burden of enlightenment. And this is just kind of off the top of my head this evening. None of us in this room are prophets, but we can relate to that. We're saved. We're no longer walking in darkness, and 
we can see the depravity increasing around us, and it, it, it's headed in the wrong direction. The Lord allows us, us to see that, and we should try, we, that should not depress us, as you will see as we get into this further. I think the Lord allows us to see things trusting that we will see it and deal with it properly. Not be frustrated, not be angry, not be depressed. But when we get saved, He, he peels back the scales off of our eyes. We were walking in darkness, now we're walking in light. But now we see this stuff. Well, don't get depressed. Don't get discouraged. We need to all put, as they say, our big boy pants on. God trusting us, hey, I can show it to you. You're not going to like it, but no, I don't, I'm not showing it to you to get depressed or to get angry. Now, we, we might have that temptation. Habakkuk sure did. And he's a prophet of God. So we're in good company, but we, once we read this, we know we don't want to go there. So Habakkuk next was frustrated because he felt the Lord wasn't listening. He says that in verse number 2. O Lord, how long shall I cry? And that's, you know, cry. He's crying out to the Lord. That's prayer. He is expressing here frustration, anxiety, impatience. And he's implying here, I've been praying and it appears pointless. Lord, I've been praying. How long? Nothing's happened. Let that encourage you tonight. Because you may think you're an anomaly. An, an exception. That everybody else prays and they got their prayers answered. And I've been praying for this situation forever. And how long, Lord? Okay, you're in good company with Habakkuk. Again in verse number 2, he says, and thou wilt not hear. He comes to the conclusion, Lord, I've been praying and you're just not listening. You, you obviously don't hear my prayers. He could not be more wrong. But in our immaturity, in our frustration, we'll go down that path to criticize our Savior who died for us. And then he says, and thou wilt not hear, even cry out unto thee of violence. Cry out unto thee of violence. In other words, Lord, this is a mess down here. Violence all around us, which means fear and confusion and anxiety and poverty and all those things that come with violence. And, you know, paraphrasing, Lord, this is a mess. You know, I'm crying out to you for legitimate reasons. You don't seem to be hearing. And then he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And wilt thou not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence? And thou wilt not save. Lord, why don't you do something? You have the capacity, the ability to make all this go away. Why don't you do something? Already can you identify with 
Habakkuk? And don't you want to hear the Lord's response? Because how he would respond to Habakkuk is how he would respond to you or I. You're thinking, I'm praying. I'm praying too, Habakkuk. Sometimes I wonder if he hears. I wonder why he doesn't do anything. I don't get it. His, his frustration was, was based on a good desire. He didn't like what he was seeing around him. He, he didn't like seeing the suffering and the pain. And, and he, he asked the Lord in verse number 3, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me? And there are... Uh, and there are that raise up strife and contention. So he lists several things here. Lord, I'm not making this up. I, I, I'm not imagining things. He says, I'm in the midst of iniquity, grievance, spoiling, violence, strife, contention. That's what he was seeing back then. And I listen to the news, and that's exactly what I'm seeing today. The exact same thing. So you may be feeling like Habakkuk. Lord, why? And that may, the, the danger, it, it's okay to question, but if you go down that path too far, you, you, you question to the point where you begin to doubt. You begin to waver. You begin to backslide. So right now, you may be questioning the Lord based not only on the world around you and the violence and the inflation and all that stuff. It may be more personal than that. Your, your family, your children just falling apart. So next, Habakkuk asks, why aren't you doing something, Lord? He says, it's obvious to me as to why I'm witnessing all this wretchedness, this iniquity, grievance, spoiling, violence, strife, and contention. He said, it's obvious, and he lists, he knows why this is happening. He says in verse number 4, therefore the law is slack. That's why he's experienced all this violence, grief, strife, and what have you. And judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Here's what he's acknowledging in that verse. He said, Lord, I know what's going on here. Number one, the Word of God has grown cold in the people's hearts. That's what it means when he says, Lord, therefore the law is slack. So he mentioned all this violence, grievance, spoiling, strife, contention, and he says the law is slacked. That means that the Word of God has grown cold in people's hearts. That's exactly what we're seeing in this country today. We are no longer a Christian nation. We are a post-Christian nation. The law is slacked. Here too. And then he gives a second reason. He says, I know why I'm, all this stuff is going on. 
Because real biblical justice is not being upheld. He says, first of all, therefore the law is slacked. And secondly, he says, and judgment doth never go forth. That's biblical justice. We don't have it anymore. It's all political one-upsmanship. It is tyranny. It is, it is corruption. And then he lists the third reason. The wicked far outnumber the righteous. Verse number four, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. There way, there's way more of them than us now, Lord. He is giving the Lord a very accurate picture of what's going on in his world at that time that is frustrating him. Where he's seeing all this violence and grievance and so forth and so on. And then he gives the fourth reason. Justice is perverted. He says, Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Justice is perverted. Um, law enforcement agencies have become corrupt. Sometimes at the federal level, sometimes at the local level. So, Habakkuk, Lord, how long? We don't know how long he had had this burden on his heart, but it was long enough that he is now totally frustrated. He said, it does not appear that you're hearing me, and it certainly appears that you're not doing anything. And again, what was the term I used a while ago? Yeah. He is operating as we are under the burden of enlightenment. You and I are concerned about things and pray about things. We men pray about things on Saturday morning that people in the bar room aren't praying about, aren't worried about. They figure, well, this is just the way it is. But we have that burden of enlightenment. And I think that needs to be thought of as a good thing. That God allows us to see that with the hope that we would have the maturity and the faith to handle it right and do the right thing. Don't get depressed. No, roll your sleeves up and get to work. Volunteer for the nursery. Volunteer to help in junior church. Volunteer for these things. Do something. I mean, that's doing something constructive. And keeping Jan from being in a bad mood, which is more important than anything. So God allows us to see iniquity. He... he he doesn't keep it from us once we're saved. In fact, we probably, our, our eyes see more clearly. So why? Someone offered these four reasons. I think they're legit. They show us what we might have been ourselves. I imagine he could have said, Habakkuk, that could be you involved in the violence and the grievance and all those other things. When we are concerned about 
law and order and integrity and what have you, we need to realize, but for the grace of God, we could be part of the problem rather than part of the answer. Or secondly, to make us see the wickedness of sin that we might pass by it and hate it and not indulge in it ourselves. When we see all this transgender nonsense and LBGTQ plus 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 that we we need to be thankful for the fact that our eyes aren't blinded and we can see the wickedness and not participate in it. Or number three, to make us admire the grace of God when He saves sinners. The people that burden us and grieve us, He'll save them. Marvelous grace of God. Or to set us more earnestly to work that God can use us to save others and extend God's kingdom. In other words, you have the answer that they need. I'm exposing them to you so that you can do something about it. Not so that you can get frustrated. Not so that you can get angry. Spurgeon said, Ah, my brethren, we need to know more of the evil of men to make us more earnest in seeking their salvation. For if there be anything in which the church is lacking more than any other matter, it is the matter of earnestness. So those are the first four verses. And Habakkuk is telling the Lord, he said, I'm in a mess, and I'm praying, and I don't think it's getting through to you because I don't see you doing anything about it. Here's the Lord's answer in verse number 5. Behold ye among the heathen. And he was among the heathen as we are. And regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe though it be told you. God is saying, Habakkuk, don't worry. Don't fret. I haven't forgotten about you. God said, Habakkuk, you may not see it, but I got a plan. And I will carry my plan through on my timetable and on my terms. He said, Habakkuk, if I told you exactly what was going to happen, you wouldn't believe it. And that's our message today. As I am very concerned for the direction of our country, I need to remember, you need to remember, God is in control. And God has a plan. And he has a timetable. And just like then, if today he told us, well, in a year I'm going to do this, or in two years I'm going to do this, we, we might be saying, yeah, right. You know, no disrespect intended, but that, you know, that's just us being human. Yeah, right. So instead he says, trust me. 
A writer says, Habakkuk moves from burden to blessing, from worry to worship, from restlessness to rest, from a focus on the problem with God to a focus on the person of God, and from a complaint to consolation. God turns sighing into singing if we, like Habakkuk, take time to wait before him, listening to and trusting in his word. The Spirit uses our time in the word to bring about supernatural transformation. So tonight, I guess I could have named this lesson the burden of enlightenment. The burden of enlightenment. Your burden may be over serious problems in your personal life. You don't even know what's going on in the world, and you don't care because you've got so much on, on your plate right now. But the same principle applies. Or maybe you're blessed right now, and life is pretty good for you personally, but you're shaking your head over what you're seeing. When, you're, when, when they're having cross-dressers and transvestites have story time for children in public libraries, if that doesn't grieve you, 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 you need to check things out. But that, that, that burden is a manageable burden. Because God answered Habakkuk. And he said, again, my paraphrase, he says to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I got this. So when you hear about a pipeline being blown up and you hear about war in Ukraine and you hear about hurricanes and you hear about millions of illegals crossing the border, when you hear about gas prices going back up and all of that, sure, you're, you're going to be burdened. But remind yourself, God would say to you what he said to Habakkuk. Again, paraphrase, Habakkuk, I got this. That's truly comforting tonight. Because we might have to stop and say, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm so mad about politics right now. I'm so disgusted with our country. I'm so burdened. I'm so fearful. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, God. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's going to do and when he's going to do it. And that'll help you sleep better tonight. It was good to be in God's house tonight. This is the best time you could have spent tonight. Way better than even Wheel of Fortune. Let's stand, please, as we're dismissed. It'll be a fun journey through the book of Habakkuk. Dear Lord,